Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to College Football Tailgate. Today is November 1st, 2021. We're into November. I'm your host, College, uh, College Football Tailgate host, Will Chambers to my left always, Tyler Walgie, the professional better. Hello, mate. Smitty, producer Smitty. Also professional better. Also professional better. Now officially won a parlay. He's a professional <laughs> better. Yes, he did. Tyler's throwing grenades. I'm throwing uh, mic cover grenades. <laughs> it's November. We're already in November, guys. It's, it's week 10 November. of college football. I know. It's cr- I, I, it's depressing when you think about it how is fast depressing. it goes. Every year we do the same thing. I'm where depressed. the first couple of weeks we go, well, it's new. It's college football. It's back. Let's let everything settle. Before you know it, we're more than halfway over. So I'm sad, and I, I just want it to go on forever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's the shortest uh, you know, major sports season in, in all the major sports. It's the best of them all, obviously, I mean, and it obviously, always goes clearly. by so fast. I mean, it feels like we were we were just in like week three, if you you know, recently, I and know. here we are, we're in week ten. So, Fry and Ryan, how does that change tailgating when it's cold, when it's snowing outside? Is it saying do you got new equipment? Do you got, do you need like a cover for the grill? Do no. You? So usually when it starts getting colder, obviously you're starting to break out. Now you're starting to do uh, the crock pots. The, oh. uh, the, the 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 so it's so the food changes. Food changes. It's yeah. Chilly oh. season. It's chilly. It's officially season. chilly season. It's, it's chilly. Yeah. It's stews. It's uh, you know chilly. Oh, Chili dogs. Uh, yep. You could do what we call sloppers, which is uh, sloppers. Yeah, it's an open face. So you grill your uh, your ground beef burger. It's open face, and you smother it in green chili, cheese, sour cream. Sloppers. It's a slopper. <laughs> so wait, open face burgers. It's only the bottom bun. Is that no, no. no. So you put the two two buns on the plate, and then you just put you make big burgers. So it covers oh, okay. so it covers like the majority of the buns, and sloppers. then you just slather that in some uh, hot green chili, Add sour cream, that. cheese. Yeah. Damn, so yeah. good. <laughs> That's incredible. That sounds delicious. Yeah, keep, keep Ryan, Ryan does it right. Some sloppers. You. Keep right an eye now. out for my uh, for my cookbook coming out. Uh, yeah, for <laughs> real. I do. I like that. <laughs> Fry and Ryan's College Football Tailgate Cookbook. Uh, yeah, that, that's I mean, sweet. why not? Uh, it's, it's a, a whole, whole new career option here. for for Smitty. <laughs> well, see, and it's not only a cookbook, but it's also a coloring book. Ah, oh, you color in look at that <laughs> blue corn. Who, who knew? <laughs> I love maze, it. Maze. Well, Smitty, <laughs> Smitty is. Uh, Looking for a new career, and so is Gary Patterson. Nah, Gary. He was one of the longest tenured head coaches in football. I think he got hired, or in, in college football, I think he got hired in 1999, right around there. Wow. Yeah, head coach, um, I think, starting 2000. Yeah. Was he 2000? Yeah. But he had been uh, an assistant with them before. I think Kirk Ferentz is the only one who has a longer tenure. Now yeah. it's now it's Kirk and Mike Gundy who are the longest, but uh, Gary, Gary Patterson is out. So... I mean, what is your opinion on him as a coach? Do you think he can still win? Because I believe that he can sh- kind of... I think all he needs to do is shift his his approach. I think he's a little old school. I think he's still a great coach. I would be glad if he got hired at the University of Colorado where they're struggling right now. Absolutely. I'm a fan. Yes. So I guess it's all relative, but I think he's a good coach. That's what I... Is that I just think that maybe TCU got a little bit too big for him. And like, you know, he kind of made... Look, he he's the, the best coach TCU's ever had. Brought them from like the Southwest Conference to the Mountain West to the Big 12 competed really well in the Big 12 for a while and he's going I think that he needs to go to like another small program and do a, the start over thing. I just think no, that No, you you think so? I mean, how yeah, small go, are we talking here? Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, I could see him going to like a Not Memphis like a, coastal, a Memphis ah. or something like. Yeah, because the truth is that people figured him out. He made his his whole career off of being this great defensive coach. He was one of the first guys to do the three, three, five. Yep. And they haven't okay. had a good defense in like five seasons. Yeah. And so when you're a guy who like, that's your whole thing, well, it, then, it, you know, to me, it's like, okay, maybe he should go be a defensive coordinator somewhere, or maybe he should take over. That's a smaller not a bad program. idea. Go to a, 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 like an Alabama type or an OUB coordinator. 
uh, if I you're mean, willing to do his down. system. I mean, it's, I think he might just be a country music star because he already has songs. He, ha- he puts all- out CDs. <laughs> I'm not joking. God, no, he doesn't. He has songs. We need to like look it up. Gary Patterson. I mean, I, you know has- who also was a country singer? Huh? Joe Exotic. So let's let's. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, I saw Joe Exotic selling pizza now. Both those guys. <laughs> yeah. Both did those he, guys are legit. Did he get a pardon finally? I have not. I mean, pardon me, but I have no idea. <laughs> He's selling pizzas in prison. So I um, think it's all. Re- I think it's all recent with Gary Patterson. Last couple years, obviously they're three and five this season. Six wins uh, last season, twenty twenty. Five in twenty nineteen. Seven wins in twenty eighteen. But then before that, we're talking eleven wins, six, eleven, twelve. I mean, he won four games in a row from twenty oh from two thousand eight to twenty eleven. So it's not like his resume. Ten games in a row, you mean? Uh, uh, you, yeah, said, you said four games in a row. No, that wouldn't be very that. nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ten games in a row, double digit wins, four seasons uh, 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 in a row. Yeah, from uh, 08 to eleven. But my point is, he's won. I mean, it's as recent as twenty seventeen. They went eleven and three, and I think they finished the season number four. Right. So I think that he can still. You know, coach. I think he just has to make a couple adjustments. You're right. Things got stale in TCU for but sure. Whoever gets him, I believe, is uh, getting a good head coach. So yeah, I mean, look, he was 21 and 22 the last four seasons. Like you said, they're struggling this year. They're giving up leads. You know, they had the whole drama with. Uh, I think it was after the SMU game where he came out and told the media that the other team's player tried to hit their assistant Jerry Kill in the head with a helmet and then like all the video just showed that that was bullshit and never even happened. So I just feel like plus in the game on Saturday against uh, was it Kansas state who they lost to, they had, there was like a big melee and a big fight broke out. It just seemed like things are bad in the program, in the locker room. Maybe he's lost the players and TCU is looking at, you know, this as a moment like, all right, well there's already so many Texas tech needs a coach. Uh, you know, obviously what's LS, the be- LSU, what's USC the job, Texas tech or TCU. Man, that is tough. I mean, those aren't those are tough jobs, right? Across the board, I would say TCU is a little better. I think Texas Tech is just a difficult place for anyone to win, and that's you know shown. But at least TCU is in like that that greater like Dallas area. Yeah, it's just the the, the coach carousel. It's already starting to rotate. Things are starting to open up one by one. Yeah, and, uh, for like sure. you said, we're just at the just past the halfway point or whatever. I mean, yeah, a couple weeks, but still, uh, it's it's crazy how. It's going to be competitive because it was first USC and then LSU, and I think coaches are going to start jumping ship here in like a month. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the coaching carousel is going to get going, and there's probably still a couple other coaches that haven't, you know, haven't been fired yet that will be. And we all, you know, maybe it's time next week we do an asses of fire segment again. I love it. Figure out who's going to be on that list, but you know, I don't know if I should say it. Is Jim Harbaugh going to be on that list? I don't know. Jim Harbaugh, maybe. I mean Jimmy. that that was brutal. <laughs> that was brutal. That one Dude, hurt. That was so brutal. I thought that. I mean, I, I. How does Michigan let that go? They had everything working for them. I thought in the passing game, and then the second half that just kind of collapsed. Sixteen point lead with five minutes left in the third quarter, and they blew it. Makes it. me sick to see Mel Tucker have that kind of success. Oh, me too. Well, here's mm. the thing: is that we're all, we should all just be praying that he takes the job at LSU or Southern Cal, and that and that right now both those schools are looking at him and saying this guy's turning around everything we got we got to get him because you just can't look yeah you know as a Michigan fan I'm just used to them they just they never win these big games I'm so used to it at this point even when they were up I was like I didn't feel I was uneasy about it but then to give up that lead you let Kenneth Walker who's incredible by the way probably top two Heisman candidate at this moment run for almost 200 yards and five touchdowns five touchdowns it's absurd 
And so, yeah, Michigan came out strong. Michigan State, though, you got to give them credit. They played better. They made the bigger plays. They were able to run the ball and stop, you know, keep Michigan's running backs from from doing God, the same. And, and that touchdown at the end of the game, the whatever it was, 20-yard run. They just kept yeah. running the football for these chunks. I mean, it was they, incredible. And it yeah, it look, was. I mean, I thought that Michigan was going to be the better team, and I do just, feel like the when the refs overturned the defensive touchdown, that that was a fucked up call, and I don't think that there was, uh, you know, you have to you're, for a replay like that to overturn it, you have to have indisputable evidence. Yeah, I don't right. think you, that we had that at They're all. Talking about the strip sack, yeah, yeah. That, to me, it looked like the ball was moving, and I don't think that there was definitive evidence either way. You know, but whatever. Michigan still had a sixteen point lead after that. And they, they ultimately it's on them. You can claim refs or whatever all day long. Sure. But ultimately Michigan State just made the plays down, you know, down the stretch. Well, and, and I think the announcers uh that called that game it was it was Gus and Joel Clatt, yeah. right? Um I think they made a good point when they said when they looked at that uh strip sack is it's almost like they re refereed the play rather than seeing if that indisputable evidence was actually there. Yeah, I agree. So I it's tough. Again, you can't blame refs. You know, you got a sixteen point lead uh in late in the third quarter and yeah, you need to you need to be able to hang on to that. There's some questionable things that Michigan did as well though, but like that For sure. that fake punt. I'm not really sure what kind of a call actually, that was. It wasn't a fake punt. It was, he like bobbled it, so he just decided. Oh, to really? Run. Yeah. But oh, then okay. you had turnovers from because they're bringing in two quarterbacks. They got the freshman coming in, taking some snaps. He fumbles the ball late. That led to a Michigan State score. I mean, you're right. Yeah, you can say whatever you want about the refs, but ultimately, you know, Michigan had the chance and they they let it get away. And this is so typical for for being a Michigan fan. They just uh, lose the big games, and unfortunately, Harbaugh's record against rivals just gets worse and worse and worse. That's the thing. I mean, you're, I know you're kind of joking when you say that, but when you bring up Jim Harbaugh as a possibility, I don't know. I mean, maybe he will be on the Asses of Fire next week, which I love Asses of Fire. It's always <laughs> a fun segment. But no, I, I mean, I don't think that would be the case, but who knows? I mean, crazier things have happened. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, look, they're still like a top 10 team, right? They lose to ninth. like a really good... They lose to a really good Michigan State team. And ultimately, like the the program is in good shape. It has been since he took over for the most part. But yeah. the problem is, like you got to beat your rivals. If that that's yeah. how they measure Michigan coaches. And so I think that it might eventually cost, you know, cost his job, especially because I think they're going to get stomped by Ohio State this year again. So yeah, uh, AP top twenty five. They are ninth. When do ninth. the the college rankings come out this so week? It's tomorrow. Yeah, the okay. the first college football playoff rankings come out tomorrow we're going to do our predictions predict how that final four will will go we've got uh a playoff four segment for favorite uh movie characters yes which i'm excited about yes so we all have our top four or maybe more uh movie characters we got best bets so i forgot to do the rundown at the beginning of the show but yeah it's gonna be a fun show let's go but the playoff rankings are coming out and georgia's gonna be number one it's pretty obvious they they destroyed florida they just continue to do it they almost kept florida from scoring the whole game and they actually had the defense scored as many points as florida's offense yeah which is insane right right it's just incredible they just keep doing it florida lost that game in the last two minutes of the first half though for sure yeah you're right it was just just mistakes it was three nothing with about 217 left in the game and they went into halftime down 24 to nothing yeah I mean, yeah. that, that's a pretty substantial swing. Yeah, Georgia for sure. is dominant. Like, Georgia is is that team. They are as Absolutely. advertised, just like Alabama has been for the last couple of years. So oh, I, I was surprised, though. I mean, yeah. I, Dan Mullen, you know, it's I didn't think that he would necessarily let that happen. But sometimes, you know, you come up against a team like that. You can't help it. So I just think that's how good Georgia's no, defense I do too. is. I do, too. And that's why I can't wait for Alabama. I can't wait for 
you know, playoff games, if Georgia makes it, um, we're all kind of assuming they are, even if they lose to Alabama, it's just going to be really fun because we haven't had like a truly dominant defensive team like that right. in the playoffs in a while. Like I said last week or whenever it was a couple weeks ago, nine five stars on Georgia's defense. There's nine five stars overall in the Pac-12 conference. Yeah, it's absurd. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the a, a complete riches of talent for Georgia. So enjoy it, Georgia fans. Uh, Ohio Georgia. State beats Penn State. Actually, a very close game. They don't cover the spread. But I, to me, this it didn't look like Ohio State was playing bad. It felt like Penn State all of a sudden played up to how we thought they would be the, you know, earlier in the year. Well, obviously, Penn State now has three losses, but they look good to me against Ohio State. I did not think that would be the case. James, James Franklin last week in his press conference. On to Illinois, yeah. <laughs> We're on to Illinois. We're focused on Illinois. We're... Coach, you, you think he was it. just he like, played Illinois last week? Was he just completely uh, I don't, hustling all of us? No, the rope dope No, no. James Franklin is not that smart, in my opinion, to rope dope <laughs> us like that. No, that was not that was not planned or constructed. And if he says so, that's the old. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I meant to. I meant to do that. But either way, they look good. Penn State looked really good. Sean Clifford had a, had a huge game. He only got the one touchdown, but a ton of yards. He was playing huge. And Penn, uh, Ohio State ultimately gets the win. And, you know, but now they're undefeated. And you look at Ohio State's schedule, they got a huge matchup coming up with Michigan State, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. Or it might be a couple weeks, whatever. Huge, huge matchup coming with Michigan State and then at Michigan to end the year. And so you got oh, wow. to assume at this point if Ohio State wins out, they're in the playoff regardless of what Oregon's doing. I wonder what that line is right now for Ohio State Michigan. Let's see if I can find it. Oh, I bet you it's a lot. I bet you it's like <laughs> 16, 17 points. And I, I once again put well, the house on Ohio the, State. The, the the preseason line was what nine and a half. Yeah, you got a very nine and a half. very good line. Actually, that line probably swung a lot after week three when You're Ohio probably, State was bad. Yeah, exactly. That line right. has really been on a roller coaster. But speaking of Oregon, they get the win. They're still seven and one, but they're not going to have any big like top ranked wins the rest of the way. That's why I continue to think that even if Oregon wins out, and it comes down to them or Ohio State. Ohio State's getting in. 100%, and it's about margin at this point. They've got to get the margin. I don't know if they can with that defense being a little bit... I mean, they have a good defense, but it's not elite. Like, they, they led, yeah. what, what, a 24? 29. 29. 29 last week against Colorado. A horrible offense. So that's my question with Oregon. But I think that, you know, for our listeners on the East Coast or, or in the South who may not watch a lot of Oregon football... It's really impressive what they've done. And I'm not just saying this because I've watched them a couple years in the Pac-12 because I'm a CU fan. Oregon has essentially no elite talent in their own state. They don't have anything. And for them to go out and get players from California, Florida, Texas, all over the map and bring them all the way up to the Pacific Northwest, yeah. it's not as easy as you may think. So Oregon's been good for a while, getting players from all over the place to go to an unknown an unknown state, unknown unknown territory. So I think that they have done a really good job. They, they will probably get left out if it is down to them in Ohio State or who knows. With Maybe this. them in Cincinnati. Exactly. What do you do at that point? So they may get left out, but it's important that I think we don't roll your eyes at teams like Oregon who... You know, it's not just flashy jerseys. They do a really good job of recruiting really good talent. Go look at all their NFL players who they've sure. sent to the NFL. So I just wanted to say that about the Ducks. No doubt. Uh, Wisconsin gets a, a very convincing win over Iowa, and Tyler's bet board lead just grows and grows and grows. We had two bet board games. You get them both. I was up, what, 4-1? to one? You were up 4-1 to start the season. You came out hotter than a Las Vegas sidewalk. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I, I, now you're up ten then. to five. <laughs> since then, 
Yeah, it's, I'm on a bit of a run, as they You're say. You're on a run, yeah. and I, I'm just like, compl- I'm, I'm, I'm free falling. Well, hey, look, it's it, it, it's ten five, and who knows? A couple lot of, of games weeks, left. Lot of lot, lot of, of ga- lot of action. Lot of game as left. They say lot of action, as they say. Well, I hope we can get one or two this week because I still like a lot of these picks. But yeah, you were you were totally right to pick Wisconsin, Iowa. Just proving to be more and more fraudulent as the games go on. They get destroyed twenty-seven to seven, and the offense is just bad for Iowa. It's really bad. Yeah, I mean, I think, but but again, we talked about this last week. What Iowa does well, Wisconsin has shut down for a while now. So I think that it, part part of uh, or, or uh, Iowa, but uh, I think part of what Iowa does well is they just kind of surprise teams, and yeah. teams aren't used to playing that. And so Wisconsin. Um, yeah, they got the win, and we'll see how you know how that develops the next couple of years. But I think they just kind of have their number. You know who else is a fraud? Me, Uh-oh. me, because Uh-oh. I kept doubting Auburn over and over and over again all year long, and they just continue to make me look stupid for it. We have a bet board game on that too. So we have a bet board game. Will Brian, Brian Harson Harson. be fired? By the end of uh, 2024. Yeah, I said after three seasons. Yeah, so he it's 21. Be there. Oh, so that's the end of 23. So 21, 22, and then 23. Yes. Yeah. So uh, ooh, we'll see. I mean, stay hey, tuned for that one. You, yeah. You, you, you a lot of time. That. The SEC's <laughs> tough. I could still. He could be. I mean, look, he's doing a fantastic job. Auburn is good right now. They're flat out good. And I still am not a big believer in Bo Nix. If you if you gave them like a really good quarterback, Auburn might be like a top five team right now. They're really good. Their defense is incredible. Their run game is incredible. And they beat o- Ole Miss and hold a, a really good Ole Miss offense to 20 points. Right. I mean, they're real. It's a very talented Auburn team right now. Auburn. Don't sleep on them against Alabama right now. I mean, uh, ultimately, they kind of are, are in control of their own destiny because they only have one SEC loss. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep on them against <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Let's not. So real, real quick. Nick Saban actually turned 70 years old yesterday. Dang. Dude, he's young 70. That's true. So this is is what makes me convinced that he sold his soul to the devil. He's born on Halloween. He looks like he does at 70. (laughs) He's named Little Nicky. (laughs) He's named Little Nicky. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Is that really what it is? Yeah. It might be. Or it's just the oatmeal cream pie breakfast every morning. Because that's oh. all he has: two oatmeal cream pies. No, that was and a part cup of, of coffee. That was part of the deal for for his soul. He had, he, he had <laughs> this is all you get to eat. Yeah, you had to wake you only up getting and- rich flour and fake <laughs> sugar for for the rest of your life for breakfast. Yeah, I mean, look, the fact that he he doesn't look seventy at all. You're right, Tyler. Yeah, no way. If you saw him on the street, you'd be like, that guy's maybe sixty. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. He's, yeah, uh, it's just all that spry. hate that fuels him and <laughs> exactly. keeps him so young. It's all that <laughs> anger. And it. It's, I mean, he's he gets out so, like such a workout on the sideline just screaming at people, you know? You know it could be the enormous amounts of cash he also has. Have you guys ever seen, the, uh, helps. You guys ever seen the South Park where they focus on uh, Magic Johnson and how he kind of beat AIDS? And, <laughs> yeah. how, and then they realize the cure is that he sleeps next to all of his money. <laughs> yeah, the cure is money. Uh, well, so. Saban definitely in good health and seven. Years old, and he could coach till he's eighty at this point, yeah. and probably still be winning national championships. Yeah. I pray that he doesn't. I mean, he's got to retire at some point and bring some balance back to the world of college football. I uh, hope. I don't know. Who knows? I think he's just going to keep winning until he goes. Probably. Yep. Uh, staying in the SEC, Mississippi State. This was the other bet board game. They take down Kentucky. Mississippi State has really turned this around. They are a tough team right now. They beat Kentucky thirty-one seventeen. They're five and three. The defense is really good. The offense is getting better. 
you know, I want to see them keep it going and be consistent as far as winning against good teams. But that's a that's a huge win, probably the biggest win for Mike Leach. I know everyone thought it was LSU week one last year, but that, that ended up being not a big deal at all. This is a, a really big win against the 12th ranked team in Kentucky. Bleach the Leach. He's hot. <laughs> he's uh, he's back. For those yeah. who don't know, I'm a big Mike Leach guy. Of course. I thought this was inevitable. I knew he would start winning once they got his system. It was crazy to me that that I, I know the first win that he had where they put up all those yards and all those points in his first you know game with Mississippi State. And everyone's like, oh, let, you know, let's sell the, let, let's buy a bunch of Mississippi State stock. And then they blow it a couple weeks in a row. And everyone's saying, it's never going to work in the SEC. This is a, a gimmicky system. Just give the guy time. Let him get his players in order. It, once he gets a line as well, that's what's important in that system people don't think about. How good is your offensive line? And so they finally got the guys and they're winning some games. And I like, uh, I like them to, you know, of course it's the SEC, but that's what you have to do to stay in it to win. And I don't think Mike Leach is going to have his ass near the fire seat in a while. He's not going to have his ass, ass on, on fire. fire. Yeah, that's a <laughs> his ass near the fire seat. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a real ring to it. Right. Um, I, I, sometimes when we do ass of fire, I kind of think of the, the scene in, uh, we're, we're going to be talking movies today. So uh, the scene in uh, uh, Austin Powers where he hits the button and they go, they fall back into the fire pit. Of course. And yeah. Will Ferrell's character He's falls. He's still oh. alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a classic. Man, there, there's so now that you just mentioned Austin Powers, badly. I'm already <laughs> questioning my, my list of top oh. movie characters. Because so, I was just literally just thinking in my head about movies I like and you, naming so, my so favorite you, characters. So did you not go comedy specific? No, this is just... Uh, I, see, Ryan I have, and I both have our, our categories. And actually, most of these guys are categories. not... Uh, only one or two of these guys could you say is even comedic. So if that's the case, I may have to like on the fly throw some. I think you're gonna a have to list go on there. the fly. I yes. was just going best characters overall, but even still, we could play I mean, some holding music for you. No, we're good. <laughs> I think we're good there. Uh, any other you know week nine games you guys wanted to touch on? Any other notes you had before uh, we move on? No, nah, I, I mean I got nothing. Will I'm ready. Texas, I'm, ready, I'm ready for some games this Texas week. Texas loses to, to Baylor, and I just want to say last week I said you know Texas comes out of the shoot so good. And they always blow it in the second half. Maybe you should take Texas first half, yep. Baylor second half. If you did that, you're a big winner. So I wish you would have done that. That's exactly what happened. Will you? Uh, you you're see, you're you're on fire with your props, your derivatives, all these <laughs> My other derivatives. Bets. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, my crypto speculation, <laughs> all that. Just unfortunately not my college That's football picks. That's why with picks. the word derivatives. That's <laughs> why with that. Uh, all right, moving on. New uh, college football playoff rankings. So the, the first rankings are going to be coming out tomorrow. They, they get announced on Tuesday. And so basically I just tasked you guys with predicting the top four. And I actually don't think that we're going to be similar at all here. I, I have a feeling that we're going to be different all around. Probably a lot of the same teams, obviously. Yeah. But as to what the, four, the top four are, so I'm just going to give you my top four to start. All right. Georgia one, Bama two, Cincinnati three, Michigan State four. I think that's the first playoff committee ranking. I think uh, that – well, what's your criteria here? All right. Well, the the main thing is obviously Georgia's one, and that's – everyone's going to pick Georgia one, so that's not a surprise. I think that they have Bama because Bama has big wins, and their only loss came on the road to a Texas A&M team that – you know, has has since proven to actually be a good team, even though they were struggling early, right? And Bama is just Bama. They're always going to get the nod from the playoff committee. We just know that's going to happen, right? Cincinnati is undefeated. They have two big Power Five wins. They beat Notre Dame. They beat Indiana. I will think, you will you realize your reputation's on the line here when you're saying Cincinnati? Cincinnati you three. That, right? 
And then Michigan State four, and the reason oh why here's I feel why like Will's going hot take here. Michigan State is undefeated, and most people would probably put Ohio State in here or something like that, can right? We, is there any way we can get some like hot take sizzle for Will's? Here's for the Will's se- top. Here's yeah, the, here's you. the reasoning for the seasoning. Listen okay, that, <laughs> so the reason why Michigan State's going to get four, and this is actually like next level chess move for the committee, is. They actually want to slingshot Ohio State in. So what they're doing is they're making Michigan State high so that when Ohio State beats them, it then throws them into the top okay. four. That's right. my reasoning there. So Georgia, Bama, Cincy, Sparty. All right. Well, uh, look, I'm not going to argue with you. I've done that before, and as we all know, that goes nowhere. <laughs> um, I, I'm doing my top four based on my power rankings. Okay. You know I bring my updated power rankings to the show every week, so this is in order uh, of my my uh, my point spread. So the way I do it is how many points better or worse any team is against an average team. So if Georgia is 31 points better than average, that means if they played an average team, they'd be a 31-point favorite. So um, regardless, my teams in order one through four, I have Georgia one, Alabama two, Ohio State three, Oklahoma four. Okay, interesting. So that's my top four. And I think, honestly, the committee is going to be very similar to me. I think they're going to... I think they're going to look at because we've known them to be the, the committee. In my opinion, they're the hot take artists. Like they come out, no with doubt. These, yeah, they come out with these that's, crazy. See, but that's why I like my rankings. Right. The committee Especially gets the crazy. first week. The, yeah. the first week they come out, they always do something crazy to right. get yeah. to get attention. And and I think that is why because they know they're going to change in a couple weeks anyway. Oh yeah. Why not put a team up there? So. I believe that things are going to end this way, but that's actually a different question. If you ask me what they're going to say tomorrow, and, and we're recording on Monday, by the way, but what they're going to say this week on TV, I think they may try and get a little, you know, Skip Bayless, Will Will Bayless hot in here. Yeah. And, no, don't, uh, don't do that. <laughs> Will Bayless. Yeah, I can't get that going. Uh, but that's my top four. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma. If I had to guess, though, I think that the committee is going to sneak uh, Cincinnati in there. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I got uh, Georgia, Alabama, um, Michigan State, and then kind of had kind of went back and forth with number four going from uh, Cincinnati and Ohio State, and I think they're going to give it to Ohio State. I honestly, I'm not just saying this because I'm not a huge fan of Mel Tucker, or, but you guys are high when you're saying the Michigan State should be in the top four. Well, they're already they're already ranked. The AP fifth. now has they're them fifth. sixth or fifth but or whatever, right? the AP right? is ridiculous. But now I they have that's... a win over an undefeated Michigan team who is already being highly ranked, right? Ohio State has a loss. They're going to be behind Michigan State. I guarantee it. Now, the question, right. the real question is Oklahoma or Cincinnati, right. in my opinion. And Oklahoma, even though they're undefeated, they struggled early on. They almost, you know, it, it took a lot for them to win a couple of games, so I almost feel like you know, like you said, the committee does a lot of times when those rankings come out, there are like surprises in there that no one sees coming. Dude, the committee I, has their own. They're just like you. They have their own rating system right. entirely. And, and, they're, and, and they're it all give, comes down to Condoleezza Rice's, you know, <laughs> uh, spreadsheet or whatever. Do you think she ever dabbled in the food industry? Condoleezza's rice? Yeah. Kind of I mean, like uh, rice. Probably not. I think she was a little bit too powerful to be dabbling in the rice game. But <laughs> really? uh, so. I mean, the rice game could be lucrative. Who I, knows? I remember when... Don't, don't turn your nose down at the rice game, Will. No, you're right. I'm not thumbing my nose at the rice game, and I'm certainly not thumbing my nose at Condoleezza. She's Follow the paper trail. <laughs> I, you know what's the crazy? could be hot right what now. What if Condoleezza Rice was just like the, like the dopest hang of all time? She just watches college football all day Saturday. I'm sure she's I mean, got like a baller house. You, you know see, what I mean? You see her showing up at games all the time. She's got connections. Condoleezza's Rice. When, when, when we sure heard that, it, but that it she was on product. the committee, it was like, why? What, what is Condoleezza on there? But what if she actually is just like, what if really what it is is she was like 
the sharpest college football better in the world, and, and no one I knew would, about it. I would bet against that. That's, <laughs> well, that's, what I would that's where all the ca- campaign money came from, dude. Yeah, yeah good point. Yeah, I'm sure. She's washing the money. Yeah, she's yeah, she's, she's sure money. self-funded. Yeah, Condoleezza, dude. Yeah, Condi. Okay. Um, well, we'll see. We're gonna yeah. see tomorrow guys, what the rankings are. Are you a rice roni guy? Uh no. See, I, I I've. I was a rice roni guy there for a while. I went through like a stretch where I was a rice roni kind of guy. What kind of guy I, are you now, Uncle Ben? Well, when I when I make uh, rice, which isn't often, mm. um, I'll, I'll go. Yeah, the bends. Sometimes I'll just get lazy. Do minute rice where the yeah, which yeah really five the microwaves. Rice. No, I like the stuff that comes in a pouch and you literally just microwave it for one minute and it's done. But see, you camp a lot, so you're used to the pouches. I just can't <laughs> do a lot of pouches. No, you know, I actually prefer to like cook stuff for real, but rice is hard to cook. I don't know if it's because we're at high altitude. Every mm-hmm. time I've tried to actually like put it in a pot and boil it, I'll follow the instructions to a T and it always comes out like shit. Well, see, here's uh, Fry and Ryan here. We'll <laughs> yeah, go back please. into my corner. Thank so you. the key with rice is while it's cooking, you cannot touch it. Yeah, that's but see, true. That's true. So do not touch don't it and, then, it. and but, but, do not stir it. Do, just let it. Just let that just, it. You, that just scares me. I know, but you got to be. Burn. You got to be low heat. You can't touch it. Leave the lid on, and after it's done cooking, after you turn the heat off, don't take the lid off for five minutes. How do, how do the bottom rice sure. parts not burn and if you I've, don't stir? I, them. I've noticed a lot of, especially Ben's, which is now Ben's original, uh, not Uncle Ben's anymore. It's Ben's original. Damn. Um they Why? don't have enough. Uncles, man, they're the worst. <laughs> exactly. No one likes. Them. Um, they don't have enough water in their instructions. Seriously, it's not even close. So no, but see, if you get them too wet, then they don't cook. No, 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 no. That is not the case. You want them if you're. There's a be chef too, out there that's if screaming. It's be too right wet now. <laughs> compared to too dry. You want more water because you can always, at the end, once the rice is cooked, get rid of the water. You can drain the water from the cooked rice. Once that water runs out and you're just steaming rice, it's going to stick to the bottom and it gets all burned. You want more rice. More water than less water, if anything. Okay, okay this 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 is correct if you're cooking unseasoned rice, because now yes. if you got extra water to get rid of, now you're getting rid of all your flavor. Oh, see, that's true. I've been making a lot of rice for my dog lately. She's been having some <laughs> intestinal stuff. So it's good for dogs. Look, yeah. all this whole all, everything you guys have just said, including what I said, only strengthens my argument that the best one is the one that you literally just put a pouch in <laughs> the fucking true. microwave <laughs> and push the one button, and it's okay. done every time because you always have to time your rice perfectly with your meal too. And if you fuck it up, then the whole meal is ruined. Okay, I'll give you this. The bad rice is underrated. I will end the rice conversation on this. On Survivor, about 10, 11 years ago, one of the contestants, uh, I I forget his name uh, off the top of my head, but either way, he thought that rice, if you eat raw rice, it cooks in your stomach. Mm. So it's okay. That's not that's the not case. true. That's a bad mistake. So don't eat raw rice thinking. It I've will been cook doing in your that stomach. with raw meat for years. Yeah, <laughs> it just cooks in there. I got a warm belly. Mm. You know, mm. that's the way it goes. Anyway, it's a sous vide. You might say, <laughs> dude, sous vides are awesome. Like side note, if you've never cooked with one of those, you're gonna have. Yeah, I know it's like blasphemy to like a barbecue man, a grill man, but. Uh, the few times I've actually had a piece of meat that's cooked with the sous vide, it's it's incredible. Uh, I'm I'm okay with sous vides. I'm more of a sedan guy myself. Maybe a, <laughs> <maybe> a mid size. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. That's that's that might be your best dad joke of the year so far, <laughs> I mean, Tyler. Hey. I'm, I'm a fan. All right, we're so we're moving on from the playoff rankings to the playoff four. Now, if you have listened for a while, you know this segment. It's when we give our top four playoff rankings of whatever. We've done Halloween candy. We've done... I mean, what have we done? We've done everything at this point. Yes. And now we're doing movie characters. And this is tough. There's a million movies and everyone has their favorites. And it was hard for me to even narrow it down to just four. See, that's why you have to go categories. I respect you for not going categories because that's like saying 
name your favorite food. Well, I mean, how do you compare yeah. chocolate and steak? Mm. You can't do it. So you, you need categories. You got to just mix them together like in a mole yes. in Mexican cuisine. So wow, this is very, Will's, very food centric today, this, guys. It is, right? Man, it is November, though. So I guess we're getting to uh, feast time. Thanksgiving. Yeah. So is this Will's mole top four of movie characters? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So am I, am I starting off? Yes. Let's hear it. Okay. Here we go. Number one is Walter Sobchak from The Big Lebowski. Okay. Right. I, like I love Walter Sobchak. Great, great he's pick. hilarious. Every, he, everything he says in the whole movie is funny. He never misses a line. He's incredible. He's a good friend. He's crazy. He's a, he's a veteran. It's you know? the ringer, dude. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I he's like just incredible. Fuck it, one. dude. Let's go bowling. <laughs> so uh, Walter Sobchak, number one. Number two, I'm going uh, Indiana Jones. Mm. I mean, Indy. Okay, he's like okay. a he's a genius. He's studied like ancient history. He's a badass. He has a gun. He has a whip. He saves the damsel in distress. He gets the uh, in, dis- in distress in distress. <laughs> he gets the treasure. He, his dad is Sean Connery. I mean, come on, he's awesome. Yeah. So Indiana Jones number he's two. Sean Connery. <laughs> no, not good. No, <laughs> I'm not good. Indiana number two though. I'm, I'm into it. Indiana number two, number three. I'm going Dr. King Schultz from Django. Okay. Ooh, love right. that character. Once again, super smart, super clever. He, he's, he, you know, his heart's in the right place. Super entertaining. Like him a lot. And then number four, I'm going Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men. Okay. Mm. What was your criteria here? These are just my four favorite characters. Okay. These are just like, okay. I think they're characters that just favorite that just like live, you know, forever where you, you remember them, even if the, the, even if they're not the focal point of the movie. Right. Okay. And Anton Chigurh was like this crazy. If you've never seen no country for old men, he's like the scary, uh, dude that wears denim with the horrible ha- haircut. Is that Javier Bardem? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Har- Javier Bardem plays him and he rolls around with the, the, air tank with the thing they use to kill cows and that's how he murders people he's just crazy (laughs) pretty badass weapon yeah for sure and so Uh, those are my top four i'm into it i like it yeah all right cool so uh, i'll go next i got a couple categories so i'm gonna start off with my crown jewels my comedy categories Mm. because i love comedies comedy is the way to go so i also i actually have a tv and then movies okay so my top four tv uh tv comedy characters number four Charlie Day, always sunny in Philadelphia. Classic. Uh, number three, Jerry Seinfeld, played by Jerry Seinfeld in Seinfeld. Uh, number two, Cartman. Oh, man. How did I miss? Oh, no. That's, oh, that's TV. That okay. is TV. You're doing yeah. TV. Technically, yeah, he does have a movie. Why. That's yeah, true. he does a movie, too. Yeah, but uh, Cartman. We're going Cartman. Number one, uh, the psychopath Dennis Reynolds in Always Sunny oh, yeah. in Philadelphia. <laughs> Love yes. Dennis. He is potentially, I think he's murdered a couple people. For sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then my movie comedy four. Number four, Tommy and uh, Tommy Boy, Chris Farley. Uh, number four. Classic. Uh, number three, Gary Johnston from Amer- uh, Team America, World Police. Oh, okay. Gary Johnston. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, voiced by Trey Parker. Uh, number two is actually a split. And I don't know if the committee will ever oh, do man. this. How many top four do we have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lloyd Christmas and Harry Dunn oh, from okay. Dumb and Dumber. All right. And then number one in my comedy is uh, Greg Fokker. Oh, yeah. Meet the parents. Yes, yeah, meet the parents. Classic. All right, now my last category. You can cat- milk anything with nipples. My last category here. <laughs> I've got one last final four. Okay. This is specific, really niche, this one. Okay. Sports betting movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, right, that's what Ryan said for Sports betting? Like, oh, Just specifically sports betting movies, yes. Oh, okay. Well, How many sports betting movies I are there? I don't know if I can name one. Actually, just betting movies. Betting movies. Yeah, okay. not sports betting movies, just betting movies. I yeah. shouldn't have been, so yeah. All right, so number uh, honorable mention, Matthew McConaughey is Brandon Lang. 
in uh, Two for the Money, which is the most... Never seen rid- it. That is a sports betting movie, and it's so ridiculous. It just glorifies this whole idea of selling picks. And this guy, Brandon Lang, <laughs> got caught ripping people off in the 90s, so it's like a true movie about him. Nice. And there's just like these like scenes where he's just like in his room, like, okay, I gotta come up with a two-team parlay to win everyone. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh my God, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Uh, number four, Mike McDermott from Rounders, one of the best yeah, movies. Classic. Yeah, classic. Great movie. Uh, number three, Sam Ace Rothstein, who's uh, Robert De Niro yep. in Casino. Another great number movie. Number two, Danny Ocean, Ocean's Eleven. Kind of a betting movie, but I love mm. Ocean's Eleven. Thief. And number one, Clark Griswold. Oh, yeah. And Vegas L- Vacation. Vegas, Vegas Vacation. Yeah. Worst gambler ever. Rolling the dice. If you're going to throw in rounders, I'm shocked you didn't have Teddy KGB on that Dude, list. Dude, it was between KGB <laughs> and Mike McDermott. Yeah. I had to pick one. It's I could have gone the slash. That's such a good movie. You would have gotten mad at me for okay. incorporating more. No, no, no. All you're right. good. That's my top four. Ryan, what do you got? All right. My first category is Pixar characters. Mm. So I got uh, James P. Sullivan at number four. Hold on. Hold on. Pixar's my thing. Pixar's my, I'm the Pixar guy. Wait till the other categories. You'll Wait, see how who is James P. Sullivan? Sully in Monsters. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, who is James P. Sullivan? Okay, okay. I know Sully. Okay. I don't know his. Okay. Sorry, I don't know his middle fucking name. Well, well <laughs> apparently you're not a Pixar guy. I can't believe you know his Ryan birthday stole my category. Too? Yes, it's January third, nineteen ninety-seven. All right, number three, I got Remy the Rat. Oh yeah, nice. Number well, two, do you know who that is, Will? Ratatouille. That's yeah, from yeah. Toy Story. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> uh, number two, Mister Incredible. Michel <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> and number one, of course, Buzz Lightyear. Oh, classic. To infinity it. and beyond. Okay. All right. Uh, gangster movies. Ooh. Mm. So here's where we kind of uh, get into similar territory here, Walge. Well, it, and you brought it up as a betting movie. I brought it up as a gangster movie. Hey, mob movie. Interchangeable. So yeah. Sam Rothstein from Casino, Robert De Niro, was mm. fantastic in that movie. Sharon great Stone, movie. so great. Uh, little little long for my taste, but mm. seemed like it dragged on a little bit, but great movie nonetheless, Casino. Okay. Uh, number three, I got Frank Lucas in American Gangster, mm. uh, Denzel's character. Mm-hmm. Great, great movie. I like that. Number two, Henry Hill from Goodfellas. Yeah. Great Leota. He's got to live his life like a schnook. Why did you do that, Karen? <laughs> uh, number one, of course, probably everybody's favorite, Tony Montana. Hey, uh, doing, hey, doing that. All right, my last one. This is actually a playoff four tag team mm. match. Mm. Okay, so these are duos. These are duos. Uh, number four, I uh, got Brennan Huff and Dale Doback. Nice. Okay, Step Brothers. Step Brothers. Yep. Um, Alan and Leslie Chow from the Hangover series. Okay. <laughs> this one I had tough splitting up between one and two but number two i got clark griswold and cousin eddie i love it and then number one harry dunn and lloyd christmas perfect there you go hot hot take personally for me i hate the movie scarface do you really? Yeah. I think hot. it's so overrated. I don't know why. Everyone loves I will the say, movie. I will say, it's kind of like our, our fast food discussion with In-N-Out. Mm-hmm. It's the In-N-Out of movies. Uh, I it agree is. with that, yeah. And like, actually, people like Loud Pacino for being a great actor, which I'm sure he is. But in that movie, like, I feel like his accent is awful. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. you fucking cockroach. Yeah. It's just like he's overacting everything. I don't know why. You're not going to get an argument from me I'm there. not a huge yeah. fa- huge fan of the movie. but All I mean, right. But, uh, but before we move off movies, yeah. I have an impromptu movie review for movie i just watched can i give like a 60 second quick movie review give it give a six minute one let's go a movie that's out right now so have you guys heard of the movie called free guy free it's with ryan reynolds yeah i've heard of it the idea is he becomes sentient he's a uh video game character okay like wakes up every day does the same thing and he realizes he's like in a video game and he interacts with the game and it's simulation theory yeah it's like this like oh there you go it's like this whole like journey of him and it's like turns into this whole story and 
Um, it has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, shit. And it has like an 81% on the tomato meter. I was like, whoa, I would give it like a 55%. Is it in theaters now? Uh, it was in theaters for a while. I think it's on uh, Amazon Prime. You can watch it a lot of places, okay. actually. But yeah. Streaming. Yeah, it's streaming right now. But I liked it because it was just sort of like one of those movies you don't have to think about much. It was fun. But it was so over the top like there's one scene where there's a chick on his lap facing the other direction shooting guns as they drive out a window like they just like always go max james cameron with everything and it's just like you're rolling your eyes by the end of it is it like animated style or it's like a normal movie but they just take place inside like a video game well it's like both like like inside the game it looks real like the people look like people but then it sort of like goes out and you see who's playing and controlling these characters gotcha it's kind of a cool idea but uh, the execution you could tell like the director of the movie he just wanted to go all out with everything sure. and it's super like love story and at the end it's oh I'm not going to ruin it but yeah. it, it just they, they make it a love story and it just always he gets the girl jumping the shark well <laughs> and, and shout out Ryan Reynolds I mean I know he's listening so you know big fan but oh, yeah. ever, ever since Deadpool he, anything they put him in everybody's going to love right you know <laughs> I true. have still yet to see Deadpool oh my god and I've heard it's great okay I've heard now, it's great okay hold on hold <laughs> the front door so you give him so much shit for not seeing <laughs> okay the, well, here's the difference here's you gotta the difference. watch it and give a review soon uh, absolutely we can do that next week if you okay. want i'll yeah, watch we it should. We should. however what the we one thing i'll say i give tyler shit for not watching like what i consider Classics. classic movies right there's a lot of recent movies that I, that i've heard are great that i haven't seen and it gets worse first of all <laughs> haven't seen deadpool i haven't <laughs> seen worse. i haven't seen a single avengers movie past the original iron Me man either I never either. any of them no. because i'm not there's so many of them now that it's like overwhelming it's like i have to go back it's like i have to watch 50 hours Hours of something just yeah. to get to to you the recent one. You got to see what is there the Black Widow. And I've heard they're great. The I've heard they're awesome. By the way, I've heard I'm all sure those movies are good, fantastic. But it's just like but I'll watch a Deadpool. New, it's like starting a new TV show. Yeah. It's like you gotta. It's like starting a new relationship. You mm. know, you've got to dedicate and make sure you're committed to this show or movie se- sequence. That's true. It's like I haven't watched another Star Wars yet, and I probably need to. You probably do. And I do. You I re- should just start with the Mandalorian. I personally. read something really interesting, and I think you're you're, you're going to like this. Um, so it was an interpretation of which way you should watch the series now as a Star Wars. Ah, fan. the argument. And most like hardcore Star Wars fans say what you say. Start episode four, and they should start episode four. But they say the main difference is if you start in episode four, it becomes a story of Luke Skywalker. If you start in his journey, yes. if you start episode one, it's about Anakin Skywalker and his journey. Yeah, no doubt. And so it just focuses on something different. And so yeah. I just thought you'd kind of find that. No, that is, that I, I, I mean, it is an interesting way to do it because you're right. Most people that are like Star Wars fans, obviously they started. And I think it's because like the, I always go with like how it was intended to be viewed, right? The director started it yeah. there. So I go that way, and then that was like a prequel. So you then understand the background of characters you already know. I just I, I don't really like George Lucas, so that's my way of giving a little fuck you. It's oh yeah, George, I'm gonna watch in my order. I was half expecting to uh, to hear Jar Jar Binks on your top four movie characters list. You know, I, I just don't understand you guys hate me for the Jar Jar. <laughs> no, I don't. I, no, I don't hate I you. I say for one it. little thing. I think Jar Jar's endearing, and you guys act like I'm just. No, you know, no, no. 
no, it's only, it's not funny that you like them. It's just funny because like no one's ever said it, and so like most people hated Jar Jar. That's why hey, well, I found it so funny. Individual. Even for pe- <laughs> even for people who have never seen the movies, it's like widely known that everybody has hated Jar Jar Binks. That's why that's, we found it so funny. That's how little I knew about Star I know, Wars going through. It's, so it's funny, brilliant. And, and with Star Wars, it's weird. I had I, did I tell you I had to turn the subtitles on like three minutes in. Oh, they're no using these weird. Yeah, I couldn't understand anybody. Mm. Everyone's like, and I again, I don't know if that's like part of what you get in the first three movies, but everyone's like, oh, where is he? Oh, he's on the flip flop. He's heading th- <laughs> 30, thirty-seven miles west of on Juno the flip flop. And, and I'm just like, wait, what the hell did this? Yeah. So I'm, I'm turning. He made the Kessel spe- run in twelve parsecs. Oh, dude, especially when they get to. But Nibu, Anakin does want to play like, ball. How do this Yeah, play ball. Oh, let's go play ball. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, before we get into week 10's best bets, uh, we got to do BetUS. BetUS. Let's do some BetUS. Uh, BetUS, Bet Sports Book Around. Why? Because you get your money in easy, get your money out easy, which is the important thing. Who cares about getting the money in, right? Because with our sign up yeah. code, you can get like 100% bonus. So if you put in 100 bucks, you'll have 200 bucks in your account before you know it, which is awesome. So getting money in, usually no issue, and that's okay. But getting your money out, that's what's important. And the thing about BetUS is they're so competitive. They understand that these, these days, that's what people really care about is finding good lines, being able to make a lot of bets on a sports book, and then getting your money once you've won. BetUS does a great job with all of that. Now, there might be some small rollover requirements from the bonus, things like that, which is normal for a sports book. But once you hit those and, and you can get your money out, it's so easy to do so. And I recommend, check out all the games we talk about today on BetUS. They offer very good lines, very good prices. And if you're already a part, of maybe another sports book, maybe one of the ones who runs all these TV commercials, that's fine. You know, we recommend being a part of many sports books. Just add BetUS to your repertoire and you're not going to regret it. Online, BetUS.com. Use promo code TAILGATE or give us a follow on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. And uh, Will's going to post our games this week. There's a little graphic that we do. And then uh, we'll put the link on there as well, right? So if they just use that link to sign up, That'll work as that well for the promo well. code. So promo code tailgate helps us out, and uh, it's a great sports book. BetUS.com. Yeah, you could take that money, and if you've been a fan of the show and you've been going with Tyler's bet board picks, you'd be like a millionaire right now. And Not now you, could, one less you could start fading him, or you could just ride the train. I mean, that, that's the real debate is now do you want to jump on – you know, because right now the market is overvaluing you, Tyler. Well, and I'm not so sure about. It. I think 90 percent should be undervalued. <laughs> I think nine out of ten should be where we go for. I now. love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, we got week ten best bets, and there's some big games. We're going to start with one that maybe isn't so big, but I find it really interesting. It's the Clemson at Louisville game. Clemson right now three and a half point favorite on the road. Now look, this Clemson defense it shut down Florida State last week, and the offense finally looked halfway decent. But that's really a a, a really poor Florida State defense. Malik right. Cunningham, he struggled throwing the ball. Uh, he, he has struggled throwing the ball this year. That's Louisville's quarterback. And unfortunately, if you want to beat Clemson, you need to pass the ball. They have a really good run defense. You know, you look at Clemson, their offense, even though they had a big game, they turned the ball over three times against Florida State, still won and covered. I don't really trust DJ Uyunglele that much here. I don't trust this offense, and especially after just one strong performance. You know, the Clemson players, I worry they might be a little checked out right now. They they're a team that expects to win a national championship every year, compete and make the playoff. They're out of that. They're out of the ACC championship run at this point. And now you look at every other team in the ACC 
when they play Clemson, they want revenge because Clemson has been beating up on these guys for years now. I think these Louisville players, I think every team that Clemson plays, they want to go out and say, hey, look, we're better than you now. You guys suck. And I actually like Louisville at home here catching three and a half points. Uh, I like Clemson. I think the Clemson is getting better and better, and I don't think they're quitting really. Uh, they're playing more young guys, and the message has been from Dabo, let's get ready for next season. They know what the expectations are, and that's what I think is kind of uh, appealing to bet on them is just from a standpoint of have they stopped playing? Because you mentioned that, Will, and that's always relevant at this point in the season for teams who had high expectations and things have fallen off. Now, I don't like betting into teams who are in that, that scenario coming off of games where they should have won. Uh, there's a uh, This is like a trademark phrase from uh, uh, pregame.com, who I like to get odds from, but they call them dream crusher games. And in sports betting, a dream crusher game is where you have high expectations. Let's say you're a national title contender and you lose that game and your season's pretty much over, it's the following week that you want to kind of fade those teams. Okay? Interesting. So this year, you know, you could have ar- you could argue that that was potentially the North Carolina State game where they lose in overtime yep. right on the road. And they're thinking, oh, gosh, we just lost to NC State on the road. Uh, if we're not perfect, you know, we're going to blow it this year. Yeah, for sure. And, well, actually, and they are already lost to, to Georgia. Yeah. So so I'm actually mistaken. That was their second loss. So that was kind of, the, that's my point. That's kind of the dream that crush, That was the right? dream crusher, Exactly, because yeah. Georgia, they lose to them. It's like, okay, we still win out. We're fine. They lose to NC State. That's dream crusher. The following week, they beat Boston College by six points. I think they were 14, 15 point They were favorites. big favorites, yeah. So that's my point, fading them in that situation. That's a long time ago. So they've forgotten about that. These young players have understood Dabo's message. We're not playing really for this season. Let's do our best to get ready for next year. And hey, who wants a spot on next year's national championship team? Raise your hand. Okay, play your ass off and show me you belong. That's where they are right now. I know last week's game, 10 points against Florida State, not great, uh, but I'm okay with that. You know, I want to bet on them. And I've been wanting to bet on them for a few weeks. I think that they are a little underrated. We did in a few weeks ago. I'm lucky we didn't do that game. Yeah. But I will take them this week. We'll see if we wanted to add it to the bet board, but we'll put it as a possibility. I like Clemson. What is it? Plus a three and a half or three? It's actually four now. Clemson minus four. Clemson minus four now. Oh, excuse me. Four. Excuse me. Sorry. So about, Clemson yeah, is a four-point favorite on the road. Okay. So that line has moved up. Great example. Uh, I love that term. Is it the dream crusher you called it? Uh, well, yeah, that's that's what they they, they say at uh, uh, pregame.com. The yeah, best example the for me this year was Texas losing to Oklahoma. They had already lost to Arkansas, but they still had the Big 12 hopes. They still thought they could beat Oklahoma. They're up big. They lose to Oklahoma. Guess what? They've lost two straight since then. Right. So perfect example of that. I love that term, dream crusher. So I'm on Louisville here. I think Louisville plus four at home. It's not a team I love to bet on, and I don't think they're going to score a lot of points here. I think Clemson's defense is really good, but the fact is just that I don't think that, that Clemson is a team that I'm, I, I want to put any faith in right now, especially on the road as a four-point favorite. So that's why I'm going to take Louisville here plus four. So do we have a bet board game? We just, should we just add it up? Yes. All right. Yes. Louisville plus it. four. I love it. We're either going to dig that hole deeper or we're going to start the comeback. <laughs> There's only two options, only two ways to go when you're this far down. Uh, staying in the ACC, Wake Forest at North Carolina. This is a really interesting one because you have an undefeated Wake Forest team, right? And right now they are two-and-a-half-point underdogs yeah. going on the road to North Carolina. North Carolina team that has been a dumpster fire this year. And undefeated, uh, by the way, Wake Forest top 10 in the AP for the first time ever in school history right yeah. now. They're, uh, they're what, 8-0? Oh? Is that right? I think. 7-0? Oh? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. It's a lot. But you look at North Carolina. 
they've lost every game they're supposed to win. They, they lost to Virginia Tech. They lost to Georgia Tech. They got their asses kicked by Georgia Tech at home. Uh, that that was terrible. Florida State. They lost to Notre Dame, and, and you know, somewhat of a close game last week. Their defense has just been terrible. The Tar Heels defense has been really bad. And you look at Wake Forest. Their offense has been very good. Sam Hartman, their quarterback, he's been fantastic. Twenty-two touchdowns this year, only three interceptions. I don't expect much defense either way from this game. You know, I don't think that Wake Forest's defense is very good. I think North Carolina can score on uh, on Wake Forest, and I think Wake Forest will score on North Carolina, but. You know what worries me most here, Tyler, is the betting public is going to be all over Wake Forest here because they are the undefeated team. They're highly ranked. North Carolina has been so bad, right? So, like, how do you gauge that at this point? Where do your rankings have them? Unfortunately, I mean, look, my rankings have Wake Forest about eleven points better. Eleven points. Eleven that's, points that's better. Really what's, big. What's, the, what's the spread here? North Carolina minus two and a half at home. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really understand this, and I you're right. I don't want to necessarily be on the side of of Wake because I think everyone's going to be on Wake Forest. They're the easy team to bet on here. But I'm looking at their ratings right now. They're grading according to to PFF College very high across the board. I mean, one of their worst uh, one of their worst categories as a team, rush defense, they're still a top 30 team. So Wake Forest does a lot of things well, and through the season, we have more than enough data to say, okay, are they fraudulent or not? Now, fraudulent on what level? Can they compete in the Final Four? Are they gonna, No, they can't do that. But right now, are they the most consistent, dominant offense in the ACC? I think so. The numbers say so. So Wake Forest right now is easy to bet on if you look at that at it from that point of view. You're right though. Contradicting sort of, uh, I, I'm going both ways here because everyone's going to want to bet on Wake. So I'm For just sure. wondering, do we get it now? Well, it's two and a half. Let's say it moves to four. Like, you think that that much money will come in on North Carolina? Because I feel like the money's oh, going to come oh, in on on, on, on Wake on, the on Wake, side. and then that number will go down. Yeah, so now, I mean, if you're going to jump on Wake, it's got to be now, yeah, right? Yeah, no, no, that is the case. Yeah, but um, it, it just concerns me that the number is where it is. And I well, and here, so so it's uh, what's the exact number right now? It's two and a half. Two and a half. North Carolina minus two and a half. I hate usually. Well, and no, actually, I wouldn't recommend. That. I was going to say that's a good teaser number sometimes because you can move through three and seven. But with so many points yeah. expected to be scored, I wouldn't tease this in, in, in a million years. So. I think that what we're seeing is that. Even though Wake Forest, who I think is a good team, and obviously they're undefeated, they haven't really played anybody. I mean, look at their schedule. Their best win is at Virginia, and Virginia is a pretty solid team, and they did well against that. Otherwise, at Syracuse, at Army, they beat but Duke, who they, they beat they, Louisville. They can only beat who's on their schedule. No doubt, but now you look at their schedule, and they play a team in North Carolina that, look, has completely failed to live up to any expectations this year, but is very talented, has a very good offense. Then they then they have to play NC State, then they have to play a tough defense in Clemson at Boston College. This is kind of where their season is going to be made for them, and Look, maybe they have much more motivation because they're undefeated and they can see the ACC championship game, you know, in their sights, whereas North Carolina is just out for that. And and that can be a factor for sure. But I just look at their schedule and I say, I don't know who I mean, look, North Carolina losing to Notre Dame by ten points on the road is a more is more impressive than than maybe any game on on uh, Wake Forest's schedule, well, say for at Virginia, I agree with that totally. But they still gave up forty four points, and that's yeah. the thing. It's like this is a battle of good schedule, bad results, easy schedule, great results. What side are you going to take? And again, I just think that Wake Forest has looked good enough for me to feel 
feel good about this. Now, there is a, a matchup issue. Like I said, one of Wake Forest's worst elements is rush defense. Last three weeks have by far been North Carolina's best rushing weeks. Very good running team. Yeah. So they're getting better last couple weeks at what Wake Forest struggles with. But uh, I'm going to go Wake in this game. Okay, he's going Wake plus two and a half. I think I'm going to go over the total. It's a big total. It's 76. But like I said, North Carolina hasn't shown to have a defense. They don't have a pulse on the defense all year long. Wake Forest has been a very good offensive team, and their defense is a little bit suspect. I think I think both teams are going to score points here. I'm going to go over 76.5, which is a massive number, I know, but I'm still going yes, to do it. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, moving on. Let me see here. We got Liberty at Ole Miss. This line opened up at about 10. Where are we at right now? Liberty is nine and a half point underdogs going on the road at Mississippi. Hmm. Now, this is interesting because Ole Miss's defense has been not very good. It improved from last year, but not very good. Liberty is a team we know is just, they're all offense. They've got Hugh Freeze and Malik Willis. They're lighting teams up, putting up a lot of points on the scoreboard. But you look at their two losses this year, and they're the only two decent teams on their schedule so far. They lost to Louisiana and Syracuse. The rest of their schedule is Cupcake City. It's it's way too easy. And so to me, this looks like an interesting spot where I'm I think I'm gonna want to jump on Ole Miss. Look, their defense hasn't been that strong this year, but you look at the teams, they've only given up 30 plus points to three teams. It was Alabama, Auburn, and Arkansas. Those are three really good teams. I don't think that Liberty's offense has the offensive line to push around Ole Miss. And I think that's what you see with Arkansas, Alabama, and Auburn. They can run on Ole Miss, and that's how they score their points as they dominate the line of scrimmage. I don't think Liberty can do that. I think this is actually a spot where Ole Miss is going to shine, and, and people are going to want to take Liberty here because they see, oh, they're this uh, this underdog team that can score a lot of points. I think that they're going to end up getting dominated by Ole Miss, and I like Ole Miss minus nine here. I don't have a ton on this game. I don't really love it. I I didn't find a whole lot that jumped out to me. Um, I would probably lean Liberty, to be honest. Really? I have them rated pretty high, but... I don't want to fatal miss right now. I mean, I think that with that kind of an offense, they're so capable of you know doing of, of scoring lightning fast. I think the volatility is just crazy high with them. So I don't want to bet on Ole Miss right now. But I would, I, I would lean Liberty. Inter- I mean, look, the other big factor here is Hugh Freeze playing at Ole Miss at his old school, right. where he got fired for calling prostitutes, allegedly, <laughs> not allegedly. Can we not do anything proven. at work anymore? Right. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little tough. Uh, who knows if he was calling for recruits or for himself. So that's, uh, that's still uh, yet to be seen. But. I got a question for you, Will. Where do you think um, Malik Willis lands in this uh, this year's NFL draft? Or? You know what's funny is I think it was Pro Football Focus. I saw a tweet recently from one of those big – I think it was Pro Football Focus had him rated as the number one quarterback prospect. Really? Which seems kind of crazy. The, to the me. highest that I saw was top three. So yeah. I was just kind of curious as to where you saw him because I can only think of what probably Corral, Pittman – um, Sam Howell, some people. Sam are Howell, yeah. I mean, it's it, it is an interesting quarterback class this year, and I mean, the funny thing is that every time that a guy comes from a smaller school, I mean, the NFL quarterback game is such a crapshoot. I know. If you think that you know who's going to be good and who's going to be bad, then you're just a liar. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been convinced that a guy would be great and he sucked ass well, in the yeah, NFL I mean, look at or the vice versa. Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, For Sam sure. Darnold. Darnold and, uh, and Allen struggled his first couple of yeah, years. Yeah, exactly. So. And so the idea that, oh, this guy, he's been playing at Liberty. How good could he be? Who knows? He, I mean, right. uh, he's obviously got the arm talent and he's very he's uh, mobile. He's an explosive guy. Great game breaker. He transferred from Auburn. Yeah. You know, it's not just like he came out of nowhere. 
But I mean, I, I, nothing would surprise me at this point. Yeah, it'll be interesting too, because the especially in the NFL, I know this is college football, but especially in the NFL, they they tend to just so go so crazy in the draft and overdraft at that position. So. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. All right, well, I'm going to go with Ole Miss there minus nine. I love that pick. Tyler's staying away. We move on. Ohio State going on the road at Nebraska. Currently a 15 point road favorite. The Buckeyes. Look, this is interesting because Nebraska is struggling this year. They're three and six. And all six of those losses are by one score. Oh. That's that is brutal if you're a Nebraska fan. A lot of those games they felt like yeah, they hurts. really could have won. Some of them I feel like they should have, but they just keep making these these crucial mistakes at the end of games. You know, and and that's tough to be three and six and all six of those you feel like you were in it and had a chance. They've lost three in a row now, and with Ohio State coming to town, you do have to kind of wonder how motivated these players can be. How can how motivated can Scott Frost get these Cornhusker players? You know, Ohio State coming off the big win over Penn State at home where they didn't cover, but they still looked very impressive. Is this kind of a letdown spot for them after the big win against Penn State traveling to Lincoln? You know, I think the biggest question here is going to be, can Nebraska keep Ohio State's run game off balance? Make C.J. Stroud beat them. That's your best bet. But C.J. Stroud can beat you. That's the problem. Even if you take away the run game, he's that good. To me, the Ohio State defense has made such a turnaround from the first three weeks. I don't know how Nebraska is going to score. You know, I don't love this number being over, you know, four, 13 and a half. That a 15 number is tricky. But ultimately, you know, once again, I just feel like I have to lean Ohio State here. There's nothing that Nebraska is doing to convince me that, that they have a chance in this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, Trayvon Henderson is looking better and better. He's incredible. I think 150 yards last game. Look, I just think that Ohio State's peaking at the right time yeah and and nebraska's not winning these games for a reason i mean i'm not a huge fan of scott frost i don't think he's gonna stay there very long i'm not sure he's gonna i don't know what his future is gonna look like his whole yeah. career but either way i just trust ohio state in this le- in this game i know we got burned last week on them but i'm gonna take it again like they're gonna start getting margin in these games they're gonna start winning i think 15 is a, a good number so yeah i mean it's really interesting because if you're going to beat Ohio State, you have to have good quarterback play to do it. The teams that have that have obviously Oregon beating them, and the teams that have given them fits this year, including Penn State last week, Sean Clifford played out of his mind. He had a really big game. And so if Nebraska wants to stay close, they need Taylor Martinez to do that because right now Ohio State's not giving up anything on the in the run game, which is the exact opposite of what we saw early in the early in the year. They've really turned it around. My biggest thing here is the Ohio State defense. I just think they're going to be able to limit uh, Nebraska's totally, offense see, entirely. I absolutely think that's the case. I think they're going to give Nebraska fits. And on the other side, the Buckeyes, and this is a matchup that we talk about sometimes, this has historically been in the Buckeyes' favor. I mean, the Buc- since Nebraska joined the Big Ten, Ohio State's 6-1. and one. They're scoring almost 53 points a game. They've yeah. had no issue. I think last year it was 52-17. Yeah, they dominated yeah, them. So I see something similar this game. I like Ohio State. Absolutely. They're just too explosive. So moving to the SEC, we've got... Tennessee facing uh, Kentucky on the road right now. This number has moved a lot. Kentucky opened up a four-point home favorite against Tennessee. This line is now minus one. Mm. So Tennessee only a one-point underdog. You know, the Vols, they have an extra week to prepare for Kentucky. They had a bye week last week. You look at Kentucky, they lose on the road to Mississippi State, a tough team. And in this matchup, Tennessee, both these teams want to run the ball. Josh Heupel even though they have an explosive offense, it all starts with the run game for them. They want to get the ball rolling, and unfortunately, Kentucky has been stellar at stopping the run this year. They've been very good. You look at Georgia and Mississippi State, the two teams that have beaten Kentucky so far, and they they had, they needed big plays through the air to beat Kentucky. That's what you need to do with Kentucky is you got to be able to make some big plays in the passing game, but 
Tennessee, Hendon Hooker, their quarterback, he's more than capable of making big throws for Tennessee, but he's going to have to if they want to win this game. I don't think that Tennessee is going to be able to run the ball down Kentucky's throat all game. I fully expect Josh Heupel to have the offense prepared for this test, especially with the the week off they had last year with the bye week and Kentucky coming off a tough matchup against Mississippi State. The line that I'm going to be looking here for is I like Tennessee first half. Now, it's probably just going to be about a pick em if you're talking about them being a one-point uh, you know, road uh, underdog here, the, the Vols. I think they come out hot in the first half, and I think you could maybe see Kentucky getting it together, figuring it out in the second half and beating a good Tennessee team. But ultimately, I like Tennessee first half. Okay, I would lean uh, Kentucky for the game. I think uh, what we saw last week is more product of Mississippi State. Kentucky's still a really good team, and we we talked about this a couple weeks ago. You know, often what happens is our perception of these teams change, and I think that's what happened here with Kentucky. Last week they were looked at, I think nationally, as a team who could make some noise in the SEC, you know, upset some teams potentially, and then they lose a game against Mississippi State and everyone is selling their stock. I don't think that's 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 the right thing to do right now. So I would go Kentucky in this game. Uh, it's it's three, right? You said no. It's down to one. It down, opened. Down it one? opened. It opened with Tennessee plus four, and it's now down to just one. So that, Kentucky minus one. That I don't love that early money swinging it that much, but I would take uh, Kentucky minus one. Minus one. Okay, I like Tennessee first half, which okay. will probably be about a pick 'em. So um, that's what I'm going. We move on to the Big Twelve. I'm not going to spend a lot of my handicap here because I'm just going to go with what I said last week. This is Texas at Iowa State. Right now, <laughs> Iowa State is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Take the Texas first-half number. They're coming out and scoring a ton of points. The game plan is clearly working, <laughs> and clearly throughout the game, they can adjust, and they lose. The Texas first-half line should be you know plus two, plus three, something like that. That's what I'm, I'm all over Texas here, and then probably Iowa State full game. I mean, how can you argue with that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on board. It's, I mean, it, it's been working for them. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Texas. They're they're scripted. You know, some some teams have like their first 15. Exactly. It's like they almost have like your their first 30, and then they just throw everything out the window. Yeah, and I like <laughs> I like Iowa State's chances here of focusing on Bijan Robinson, just trying to eliminate him from the game, and then you got to make Casey Thompson beat you, and he's certainly capable. They have a very high powered offense, but their their de- Texas's defense has major issues. And I could see an Iowa State team that, you know, in the second half just keeps running that ball with Brees Hall and just starts gashing Texas. So I like Texas first half, Iowa State second half or full game. I love it. Yeah. I'm into it. All right. Uh, Michigan State at Purdue. This is a classic. Uh, you know, this is a rat line to me. Michigan State undefeated. They, did get, they get the big win at home over Michigan. Now they go at Purdue, and they're only a three-point favorite on the road. Uh, that, that, that to me seems crazy. And I think the reason why is that we're talking about a major – uh, what's the word? A hangover moment for for Sparty. They get the massive win over their rival. Purdue has been kind of a sneaky good team as of late. They took down Iowa. They played. Uh, they beat Nebraska, and now they get Michigan State at home. It does seem like a classic upset moment, a trap game a little bit. But mm. Michigan State minus three. I mean, Tyler, your what do your ratings have it? I feel like you're going to be all over Sparty here. Uh, yeah, I am. I've got Michigan State about seven points better. Wow. So with the home field for Purdue, I mean, I've got this around Michigan State minus four and a half or so. Okay. Um, so not that far off from the number. So I lean uh, Michigan State, but I think the Purdue is capable of slowing down what Michigan State does. I mean, they, they can play really good rush defense and clog that middle of the field. So it's if true. they make things uncomfortable for Michigan State, you know, but you're right. This is a strange line um, in terms Stinky. of 
Well, I mean, I think everyone's going to be on Sparty here. You, you, I figured it to be maybe shaded a little bit. Now, has it moved or is it still? It went from two and a half to three, so not much. Yeah, I mean, I, I would lean Michigan State. You know, I'm not rushing to bet Purdue in this game for sure. So Yeah, I think that the main reason why we're seeing that is that it could be a letdown moment for, for Michigan State. And Purdue's got a really good defensive line. They actually, you got to give uh, Jeff Brom credit. He's recruited the defensive line really well. He actually has a five-star guy there, George Karloftis, that that no one thought he was down to like Ohio State, Michigan, and Purdue when he picks Purdue. He's pulling off, you know, big big wins in recruiting. And they to me, they are a team that is ripe for an upset. They did it to Ohio State a couple of years ago when no one saw it coming. They did it to Iowa this year. And maybe, it, you know, is is Purdue just becoming this tough road environment or is Jeff Brom just really good at getting his players up for this kind of game? I think that's probably more it. I just think I trust Jeff Brom. I trust, you know, that whole process. Coaches matter so much more, I think, than we give them credit for, for especially sure. at schools like this. So I think that's a big deal. And I, again, I'm not I don't love any side of this game. My numbers say Michigan State, but I'm certainly going to be cheering for Purdue in many ways. And Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is that being a Michigan fan who just got his heart ripped out by Michigan State, like my heart wants me to take Purdue here and like be like, aha, when they do it. <laughs> but I can't. Michigan State, I mean, Kenneth Walker is way too good. They, you know, Michigan has a solid run defense and he gashed them and they just kept giving the ball and eventually it just started working and working and working. That's a thing. They're going to wear him down. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely. what Michigan State does so well. So, okay. We're both leaning Michigan State there, minus three. Last but not least, SEC matchup Auburn at Texas AM. Auburn, right now, a four and a half point underdog going on the road. We know how tough of a place to, uh, how tough of a place to play. Kyle Field is right. That's where Texas A&M plays. They beat Alabama there earlier. Texas A&M has been they've been getting better and better throughout the year. Auburn better and better. I mean, where do you lean as far as this goes, Tyler? Uh, I've got so my power rankings are I've got uh, Texas A&M about four points better. Okay, so, so it's right where it should be then. Well, well, excuse me, about three points better. Okay. Um, Texas A&M about 17 points better than average. Auburn about 14. So with home field, I mean, maybe two points. You know, I, I, this is a pretty accurate line. Uh, I may have Texas A&M minus five. So that's just on the numbers, though. You know, that's a starting point. And I always talk about this. The, the, it's important to have power rankings, in my opinion, because you want to have somewhere to start. You want to have an idea of what the line should be from a starting point. But once you start chipping away and looking at Auburn, how they've done this year with quarterbacks who aren't very experienced i yep. think they're going to get the same thing here so when auburn plays a team who's got a senior or someone who knows how to run the offense and can pick them apart defensively they just don't i don't think they have the patience i think they can they're susceptible but when they get an inexperienced team an inexperienced quarterback they have feasted and so i think that has to be taken into account here i'm i'm, I'm leaning with auburn you know, interesting I, but because also i think texas a&m and I hate to sound like a broken record here, but again, it's our perception of them that's changing. They started the season as a top five team. Everyone thinks they could win the national title. Then they have a couple of losses, a couple of bad games. Everyone's selling their stock. And now I think we've gone the other way and overreacted. So I don't think they're this good. I would take Auburn. Auburn's getting much, much better. Texas A&M, I think they're just kind of stagnant right now. I lean Auburn four and a half. I wouldn't mind making this a game if, if you take A&M. Look, I mean, Zach Calzada, it's an interesting note you said about you know, inexperienced quarterbacks going against an Auburn defense because Zach Calzada hasn't been that good this year. He was great against Alabama, just out of nowhere, had like this incredible game. Otherwise, I mean, he's only completing 55% of his throws this year. That's not good. 12 touchdowns to seven interceptions. That's not very good. And he's going into a buzzsaw of an Auburn defense that is really, really good. 
But what scares me here is that A&M is coming off the bye and it's a very tough home, you know, environment, a road environment for other teams. And so that's kind of what scares me. You know, ultimately, I don't know that I want to put my faith God, it's just it's tough because I keep picking against Auburn. I keep losing. <laughs> and this does feel like the week where if I pick them, then they're, you know, it's going to go down the tank, but I almost wonder if the hype on Auburn is now getting too much and that's where you're going to see a lot of the public money. Ugh. Four and a half? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, it looks like it's four and a half right now. Okay, I'll take Texas A&M minus four and a half. I'm going to roll with my boy Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies, and we're going to make that our second bet board of the game. Ah, oh, I'm scared. I'm terrified about that <laughs> one. Honestly, I'm really because Auburn has been so good, yeah. and they continue to prove me wrong and wrong. And if they do it again the next week, I'm going to have to spend like ten minutes just apologizing <laughs> to all the Auburn fans out there. <laughs> But the you truth already is owe that, them a lot of apologies, Will. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably true. I mean, look, I have a lot of faith in Jimbo Fisher coming off a of bye week. I have a lot of faith in that Texas A&M defense and that tough uh, environment that you know the 12th man is, Kyle, uh, Kyle Field. Okay. So right. that's where I'm going. Uh, Smitty, your pick of the week. Uh, so I'm going uh, Mississippi State plus five uh, at Arkansas. Mm. Um, so when I look at Arkansas, I kind of – related to Walgie's breakdown of just that past game A&M and Auburn and Arkansas I look at they seem like a team that's kind of plateaued maybe even you know maybe we've we saw the best out of them uh Mississippi State looks like they're on the rise at this time with Arkansas I look at uh quality wins you got Texas which you could argue now when when they beat them it was a big win now you can kind of you know make up your mind based on what we've seen from Texas lately. So you got quality in Texas and Texas A&M. And then I have what I call quantity wins, and that's just kind of stat patterns, you know. Uh, so there you got Rice, Georgia Southern, and Arkansas Pine Bluff. Mm. So, I mean, not really, uh, you know, the world beaters out there. So I'm going to take, uh, yeah, Mississippi State uh, going to Arkansas plus five. Arkansas Pine Bluff. Do you guys know their mascot off the top of your head? Um, Razorbacks. Sorry, like a cat looking something. No, no, no. I'm going to go that's Arkansas. I don't know. I said that because Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> Just first thing to get into my head playing the, the name that game. All right. Um, I'm going to go the... Pigeons. They are the Golden Lions. Golden Lions. It's a pretty interesting logo. Golden I'm not going to lie. It looks like a uh, it looks like a rock star version of a lion. His mane is yeah. so like tall. It looks like it's it's like it's gelled up. It's almost like uh, when they get electrocuted in Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And by the way, saw Pine Bluff. Yeah, and you'll okay. like this, Tyler. The uh, the head coach's name is Doc Gamble. Hey, Doc. Hey, come here, Doc. Doc Gamble. Doc come Gamble. Yeah. Hey, come here, like Doc. Like a doctor Gamble. of sports betting, just yes. like you. All right, parlay pick of the week. It's going to happen one week. Coming Joe, for, you should just start keeps calling happening. yourself Doc Gamble. Doc, Doc Gamble. This is the Doc Gamble that like, parlay uh, of the week. That sounds like one of the old school guys who used to sell picks. It's Doc Gamble. Doc Gamble. 14 pick of the week. It's like Absolute on, mortal luck. On, <laughs> yeah. on drive time, KXFM, Doc Gamble. Doc, Doc Gamble. Gamble. Uh, uh, what is it? Ole Miss minus nine. Texas first half. Michigan State minus three and A and M minus four and a half. The bet board game. Oh, uh, will that's what we're doing. Will that's the parlay pick. I love of the week. it. I love it. Yeah, uh, I'm into it. Uh, what is our consensus game? Ooh, consensus. I mean, it sounds like it's either going to be. What about Wake Forest? Were you on Wake or not? Yes. Oh no, I was on the over. I think our consensus game is is Ohio State minus fifteen. Oh, God, we're or, gonna do that again. Or it's uh, <laughs> Michigan State minus three. I hate Michigan State. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You just don't want to bet on Mel Tucker. No, Midnight I, Mel. I'd rather make it. If he does well enough, he's God, going to you're LSU. Just, you're just not on Wake Forest, huh? Uh, I, I mean, all right. Well, we can make it Ohio State. No, uh, yeah, I'm not on Wake Forest. I'm not. Yeah. I just can't do it. All right. What about Texas first half? See, I'm just scared of that. Like, I I love the trend and I love what you mentioned. They've been very good in the first. They've half. They've been great in the first half, but. These losses have to, at some point, impact this Texas team. Mm. And I don't know. We talked about the Dream Crush earlier. I don't know what Texas's goal slash dream was. I don't know when that may have gotten taken away. Maybe their goal was to still do stuff in the in the Big Twelve. In the last game, that was the one. So I don't know what it's like in the locker room. I could see Iowa State as it's weird as a seven point favorite at home having a, sh- a chip on their shoulder and saying, we're going to beat Texas, this new coach, this, you know, yep. remind him who's the better team in the in the Big 12. So I don't know. Like, for that reason, I could see Iowa State coming out at, at you know, fast at home. And I think Matt Campbell could potentially stop some of that stuff that Sark, well, Matt Campbell and the staff could stop what Sark has done well. Look, I like the bet. Yeah. I don't love it. Okay. So, all right, well, then let's go. It's a long-winded way of me saying no. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go. All right, we'll do Wake Forest. I, I, you want to shake the wake? Uh, it's He's just, shaking the wake. I love it. All right, Wake Forest. There we go. Plus, plus two and a half. Wake Forest plus the two plus and a half. Plus two and a half is the consensus bet. Now, I'm going to hear it from Will if that loses next yeah, week. But I'm, will, I'm willing especially to... Especially if Texas first half hits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm willing to put, put my name behind and it. And next week, don't forget, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch Deadpool and review it. Perfect. Yes, Will's outdated movie review will be next week on Deadpool. Yeah, I'm, for I'm sure. into it. All right, cool. Well, that's it for the show today, you guys. Thank you, as always, for listening. Subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, five-star reviews. Tell your friends. Steal people's phones. Subscribe their (laughs) phones to our podcast. Help grow the show. We'll see you next week.